0: So I'm Dale Braswell, and uh, lead pastor at Wedgwood Baptist Church in Fort Worth. I'm Stephen Henry. I'm the summer youth intern
1: at Wedgwood Baptist I'm Patrick Lively, and I'm the student ministry uh, minister there. And
2: I'm Tom Lewis. I'm an elder at Wedgwood Baptist Church.
3: Awesome.
1: So you guys have
3: been, uh, this isn't your first trip or your first time in the city, right? Right. Uh, so Dale, why don't you tell us where a little bit about your background how you got yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. So I grew up in Texas, uh, but long story short, served on staff while in seminary in, in Birmingham, and then on staff church in Nashville. And back in 2007, started to my wife and I started to sense that God was calling us out of student ministry into something else, and we really, long story short, since it was in Seattle, and so we moved here. Uh, in 2008 to start a church up north of Epic Life uh, in the bothell Linwood area, kind of south of Snohomish County, and uh, landed here in 08 and started the church the following year in 2009 and um, continued to be in that role for, for several years. In 2016, we started to realize that I, I think our time in in the Northwest was uh, coming to an end, and so we Began to pray about what was next, and God led us to to Wedgewood in Fort Worth in the fall of 2016. And so I got to know Epic Life, though, because uh, both of our churches started about the same time. So got to know Keith, Christine, and the the launch team of Epic uh, all the way back in 2008. And so Seattle has been uh, a city that's very near and dear to our heart. My kids grew up here, um, and so this was something that was always been very we were very close to. And so. Even whenever we got to Fort Worth uh, and Wedgwood, I knew that, you know, my, my prayer was that God would uh, use the connections that we had built for the last 10 years in Seattle to basically continue to be a support and encouragement to church planting and, and the mission of, of God here in the city uh, for the long term. And unfortunately that's, that's what we've seen. We've continued to be able to, uh, to come up here multiple times and have, you know, a, a, we feel like a really bright future ahead of us. As well with ministry yeah
3: that's awesome so have you, uh any of you know patrick you were here earlier in the year but have you guys been to seattle in, in seattle involved in any of these trips before
2: so i was here in 2019 okay. with mm-hmm. our with uh, Wedgwood. we okay. came and served yeah so i guess the first time i ever went to
1: seattle was back in march and so that was like a pre-trip trend, uh, kind of just planning just trying to see the uh, city, what it looks like, and also meet Keith for the first time, really face to face. Also, him coming to a church, but um, really in his own area, yeah. as well as uh, Timothy Moore up north. And so, we were able to get just a great experience and see kind of what things were going to look like, dream a little bit, pray, and just uh, get excited for what we've been doing this week. So, that was really the first time I've ever been this far west. Yeah. So, uh, but it was, it was pretty cool. From from that coming, have
4: you been? Here? I've been to Seattle in 2016 uh, with another church
3: fund. Okay. Uh So what what is kind of, even from Dale, I know you've been here, but I would even leave it on the table that maybe there are things that you didn't quite remember about the city or Seattle or church or, like, the environment. What are, what are maybe some things that you see in contrast
0: and maybe explain that a little bit yeah i yeah i think the need uh i think whenever we came up here there was at least some hope in the sense of you had city church and mars hill and those kind of bigger churches um but unfortunately those have you know mars was kind of uh i guess Fell apart, uh, for lack of a better phrase, a few yep. years ago. Uh, city church is nothing like what it used to be when we were here. Um, and that's that's also been the hard thing, I think, from our time in Seattle and even now, is that there's not a lot of churches like Epic Life mm-hmm. that are still going. Uh, the The attrition rate of church planting, especially from like 2005 to about 2015, was really, really high. Like a lot of churches not making it. Um, and so it's, it's been neat to see on a positive level, positive side, to see the transformation that has taken place along Aurora, specifically with Epic, um, and seeing how many businesses that were, used to be here and used to be thriving are not anymore in a good sense. Those are businesses that are very <laughs> uh, anti-Christian in the sense of what they were offering. Um, so to see that has been a great encouragement but to also realize that there's still a lot of a lot of work to be done because you've you've lost some of the influences of some of these bigger churches you've uh, and you've seen um, the the city as Keith has even said this recently that some of the darkness has been replaced by different forms of darkness and so whether it be prostitution on the streets or the all the pot shops that have sprung up you know over the last five years or so. Um, there's still a lot of work to be done. So I, I think it's it's been kind of a reminder of, and even the tension, I mean, mm-hmm. w- that has been felt nationally over the last two years throughout the pandemic with the tension over racial issues and, and, uh, and pers- you know, racial prejudice and those kinds of things, um, seeing the destruction that was caused in Seattle and just seeing the, the tension that, you know, nationally we've been watching back in Fort Worth seeing a little bit of it in Texas, but not near the extent. And so just being reminded that this area, I mean, same as it always has been, it needs the gospel, it needs healthy churches to be able to be salt and light. And so it's it's a reminder of the, the importance of us to re, really redouble our efforts towards that end.
2: You know, I think that, um, you know, when we came two years ago, to now, one is just seeing the transformation that is occurring, mm-hmm. right? And, and what I've reflected on is uh, epic here that you've been here, you've been working hard, and because you're in it day in and day out, you may not be seeing the transformation. Yeah. And what I've noticed is coming two years later, there is transformation occurring. And so the, the efforts and the prayers that you're doing they they are making a difference. And and it's it is and I think we're able to see it more because in Fort Worth we are, I don't think I live a very sheltered life, mm-hmm. but compared to what we're seeing here, I live a very sheltered life. And mm-hmm. I think our church is a very sheltered <laughs> church. And what I want to take back is just helping our church to open its eyes to mm-hmm. to to be active and sharing the gospel like like Epic is. Yeah. You know, you might not be large in numbers, but you sure are large in mm-hmm. spiritual warriors out there fighting mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, to add on to that, like the cultural difference, I think, with our students coming out here and seeing from Fort Worth, Texas, where you do have that mm-hmm. bubble, where you have the, the safety net of, like, yeah. I guess, certain neighborhoods, and just you go to church and you're in your own areas. Um, a lot of it keeps us about kind of head down in a way. Like it's, a Christian kind of culture, um, so people at least are more accepting yeah. of that, and then you come here, and you're, it's really right there in your face. Even though it should be in your face in Fort Worth, it's more, I guess, maybe outspoken, yeah. I would say. Yeah. And, um, and so what I've loved, specifically during this trip and where with our students and the opportunities they've had, is for them to be stretched further yeah. than what they thought they could be. For them to have an opportunity to take that forum lesson of, you know, the family occupation and recreation message of saying, okay, how do I engage someone that's not like me, that doesn't believe the same things that I do, that doesn't think the same way that I do, whether it's politically or just any other ideas, um, culturally, and how do I begin a conversation to see the person for who they are and see um, how God is going to move in the neighborhood I'm telling you, like I've I've seen a, a spark in our youth ministry. You know, a lot of times on mission trips, we come out here and we think about, hey, we're gonna go and help, we're gonna go and serve, we're gonna go and be a part of their church and things like that. Hands down, every mission trip that specifically this one is what I want to talk about, we end up going back going, wow, they ministered to us more than we ever thought we could really minister to them. Yeah. I know that's what I take away every time I come here. Even on the pre-planning trip, when we came out here it's like, oh, how can we come and you know the mindset? It's all about the mindset but it's just kind of us just coming, like we want to come and help, serve, and maybe give some rest and, and just see what God is doing here. And you end up walking away, going, "Man, I think I learned about fifteen things that I'll never forget." And uh, and I don't think I gave them much of anything. And maybe I bought them a meal, but that's that's about it. You know what I mean? And so the people of Epic Life and and both teams getting to experience this church and and I think the people is what really. As you talk about like the the numbers of our church compared to here, the personalities here and the, the boldness here um, is so great, and I think it's just it's it's
2: just spreading. Yeah. Well, and it's seeing the hearts of the people here, and of course, yeah. we've only gotten to meet a few, right? Yeah. And but seeing all of their different strengths yeah. being maximized, you know, all the gifts that God's given them, and doing with cheer. I mean. You know I've been working in the kitchen this week and getting to to just talk with Joey a little bit and you know seeing him just with a joyful heart sweep the floor and empty the trash yeah. you know <laughs> and you know yeah. those aren't the most glorious things but he, you could see he's there's a spirit of joy about it and and so I think that that's pretty cool to watch how the different people are doing things and the one thing I, I I notice here is there's there's just this joy and, and this Christian family, you know I experienced it yesterday when I walked into y'all's staff meeting. Yeah, and 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 just the camaraderie, the the the, the love and the family that's going on. That's yeah. that's huge. That, that that's not in all churches. Yeah, right. And and so what y'all have it's special and it's 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 not. Y'all, it's y'all's love for the Lord,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and it's shining through. Mm-hmm. I mean, y'all are, y'all are an encouragement.
3: Yeah, well, oh, thank you. And I think I would, I mean, from this side, it is an encouragement to have teams here. It is an encouragement to be reminded, as you were saying, Tom, mm-hmm. that sometimes you forget the impact you're making, that you're, you're in it all the time, right? I was talking to a family last week, and just talking about some of the kids, right? They're eight. Some of that is we haven't seen them all year, but some of that is just like noticing that man, these kids, these young boys, they you know shot up from you know six to eight. You know they're tall, they're filling out, they're you know uh, starting to change. And you go and they go. Well, I mean, I guess I see it. Yeah, I think I think I yeah. recognize it. It's like well, you're the your parents. Like what well, you're around them every day. Right. Exactly. Just, you see that little change, little change. With you it's just normal to you. And then to come out and someone be able to see, especially two years ago. Yeah go no there's difference here obviously some of that is pilgrim some of that is the last time you were here we were operating a right. truck uh the last time we were here we didn't have a building we didn't have right. even we had barely just been being able to eye that location that right. we're in and so those changes where we go we just been doing that you know Like
2: well and what i'll even say is yeah a lot of what you talked about right there those are those are physical material things right right but I can remember two years ago standing on the corner offering coffee and saying Epic Life and people kinda of looked at me and went, Who? What? Yeah. And you know, this trip you say Epic Life and people are like, Oh yeah. yeah. So y'all are becoming known in the community. Yeah. And so that's what I sense is that you know the spirit of God is growing within the community yeah. and it's yeah.
4: I think the big uh, thing that I've kind of taken for the trip is the intentionality of Epic Life, of reaching the community. And I yeah. think and yeah. it's kind of been touched on by everybody, but that's your intention with Pilgrim all the way to the church. And that's something that I think I'm going to take back, I'm yeah. going to learn from, is just intentionally reaching to the community um, and to the lost community around Wedgwood and um, the, the seminary that I attend. Um, just, just that intentionality, yeah. we're going to reach that community. Yeah. And I think that's what stood out to me.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And just just encouraging it, that embrace where you are, mm-hmm. right? Because I was listening to some of the groups talk about they were out doing the surveys, and they're saying that just just a few blocks away from Aurora, the whole dynamic changes, oh, right? Yeah. And they're talking about the and the people there were going, yeah, that's that's over there, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And, and just a few blocks difference, right. mm-hmm. and and that's what they say, Embrace where you are, and you are making. A difference and you know that's what I take away you know Patrick was saying yes do we have some of the support work we do Yeah. but what I've been convicted of is I'm the guy that's a couple blocks away yeah. right I'm not the guy who's living in the, the middle of it yeah yeah and that's harder right yeah. that's harder when you're living it it's their day in and day out yeah well
3: yeah you, you kind of Keith has shared you know with you guys and over the years with people and with the staff just you know, praying that it's hard to get callous, right? And like mm-hmm. passing it on of like Lord that, that in the middle of it all and walking to pilgrim or driving the, down to get food at night, right? Like you just pass this yeah. darkness and, and mm-hmm. the brokenness yeah. of what right. sin like brings about, right? <clears throat> and just being in a place where you just don't get callous to it, that it still breaks your heart. Which that's painful, right? To be vulnerable right. and to still be susceptible to like those things breaking your heart is painful. It's hard to live in the middle of yeah. it. But um, I think that is a a gift from the Lord to be able to still be you know yeah. sensitive to those things.
2: So, right, and and I was as I was thinking about yesterday, just how how for us we're here for a week, right? And there's all this <laughs> energy, and it's and it's somewhat easy to. To be here and, and to, to to take a week of spiritual battle and then we're able to go home and rest, right? Where y'all are it's here every day. And and mm-hmm. I was reflecting this morning and, and just reading in, in Hebrews and it talks about the race, right? And it talks about uh let us run with endurance the race that lies before us. And this was the the key piece, keeping our eyes on Jesus.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And and that's that's what will sustain you guys. To, to plow this hard ground, because mm. it's like concrete, yeah.
3: it's, it's not yeah. like, it's not like dirt. Yeah.
2: yeah. So.
3: Mm. What, so you guys talked a little bit about, you know, the engaging and going in. So we haven't heard a lot from me and that's all right, but I, I want to give you a chance maybe share a little bit about what your team is doing here and those pieces that kind of help with Epic Life, but then maybe even with C4, what you're doing up there. Uh, just how you're engaging in uh, the people
4: and the life and the culture of the Northwest. So the biggest thing, uh, the best way that I thought it was put by Keith was the footprint. Like the footprint has grown larger because we're, you know, 30 people here at the Isaac and maybe another, around another 30 up in uh, C4. And so just to be able to grow that footprint um, a little larger, make some connections with people that maybe all would run into, um, and then another part of that, I think, is what Keith mentioned as well, is just the wave has already been created with what God is doing. And just seeing our team being able to catch that wave and just continue with what God is already doing. And just some of the stories I've heard from our youth and from the adults and the people they ran into, like the contacts they were able to make and just able to, you know, have gospel conversations with them and, you know, even connect them with a big life. Um, So I think that's the biggest part um, for our group, I think, was just being able to help y'all make the footprint a little bigger and to maybe catch some people that may have slipped through if we wouldn't have been here. Yeah, Yeah. that's huge. I think um,
3: I I went into Pilgrim today. I go every day, whether I'm working or not. Uh, And I went this morning and ended up running into a customer that I – used to see all the time. he would come at the end of our truck shift, get an espresso, and then take off. And uh, this morning, ran right into him in line. I was kind of like, all right, we'll get my coffee and then come set up for this. And there was just this, like, no, you, you need to just, like, be here, you know? And so I got in line, uh, and not that I don't ever get in line, just, you know, hey, give me my coffee. But I got in line and waited for my coffee to have this conversation and found out that last week he got a call from his brother, you know, who lives overseas, his family's overseas, and he gets a call and he says, Hey, where are you at? He's like, I'm at the coffee shop. Why well, don't you go home and call me back? Pretty important. He calls back and finds out his mom has passed away. His mom's been sick for the last three years. He's gone and, and tried to visit. And, um, and But he's here, and this is his dad. The same thing happened. He was in the States when his father passed away. Mm-hmm. And so, just being able to sit with him, buy him his cup of coffee, sit with him. Just chat a little bit, and then you know, uh, a few of your team walks in, and I say hi, I say hello. They get in line, and I go, "Oh, these guys! There's about thirty of them that are here with our church this week." He goes, "Oh, what are they doing?" I was like, "Well, you know, they they've been picking up trash, they've been cleaning up some of the uh, the roundabouts, they're painting the building across the street." And he goes,
0: "Oh, I saw them." <laughs> I
3: saw that I looked and I said, and, and he's going like, I saw them taking care of my neighborhood. And I go, oh, I should probably take care of my neighborhood. But, but he's saying, like, I'm seeing them. And he goes, and I was able to tell him, which he didn't actually know. And I was surprised. I was like, yeah, I'm on staff at that church. I serve at that church. Like, I'm right there. And I live in the neighborhood. The, the conversation that opened up yeah. inside of uh, another conversation, obviously, but it just furthered that conversation. We exchanged numbers. I've got his contact now. And hopefully, again, and that's something that there was not a, hey, we're intentionally going to like do this roundabout because that customer knows Hector, right? But it's this, what is God going to do with mm-hmm. the, where we just show up mm-hmm. and we just do something that, like, cleaning a roundabout is not fun work, yeah. right? picking up a, a lot of trash that if you walked over there today, I know you guys were a pilgrim today, that lot is trashed again. And tomorrow it's going to be trashed again, and tomorrow the same thing. And so, but knowing, understanding that when we do show up, things happen. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys weren't like intentionally meaning for that conversation to happen, but what the Lord did yeah. is like inside of it, inside of hey, I showed up and talked. Yeah. Now there's this touch point of continuing conversation, which leads to like, hey, uh, I would love to check out these people.
2: Yeah, hey, and that's the that's the point of you know. There's as people sure There's planters. There's waterers. There's harvesters. Yeah. And and you you've obviously been planting a seed with that gentleman, and maybe by cutting down the bushes, that was watering.
1: Yeah, oh, right.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You know, one of the things that uh, Timothy Moore had told our people that are
1: um, are here now, Team Impact, that's here is uh, to earn the ask. Mm-hmm. To earn the ask, and so I can't tell you how many of our leaders are just like. So I'll never forget this about earn the ask, earn the ask. And so by doing those things of the roundabouts and painting and just being present, like you said, cleaning up trash yeah. and just taking care of the neighborhood, uh, we're just hoping that, that helps this church earn more of that ask. Yeah. You know, and to further that conversational piece. Because they're seeing it happen in their own community, they're seeing it transform, they're seeing what God's doing, even though they don't know who God is. Yeah. And so by them saying, okay, well, what is the difference? Like, people, like, the stories that people say, man, I'm walking the Pilgrim, and it's just, what's different? Yeah, You know? You're like, great question. Yeah, now we can have the conversation. Right. So, that's been really cool to see, just how God is continuing to work um, in this community. Yeah. 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 What, just curious,
3: you know, like, someone who's been here before, what is... And and now you're in Texas, and now you're you're kind of on the other side, right? Mm-hmm. After having been here for how long were you here? So like eight years?
0: Yeah, eight eight and a half years. So I
3: so. mean, that, that's a lifetime in mm-hmm. the Pacific Northwest, yeah. right? <laughs> and so, but I'm now on the other side, like as your partner, what are some of those things that you're seeing the benefit of? Maybe of um, a church that has come alongside. Cause, I mean, mm-hmm. Wedgwood has come alongside of mm-hmm. life, yeah, and, and C Four obviously as well, and so like. What are some of those benefits you're seeing on the other side, um, and maybe that you're able to see that either you did receive or maybe hope to receive while you're here in the northwest?
0: Yeah, I think, oof, um, I think for Wedgwood, Wedgewood was a church that, for many years, because of some of the past events in the life of that church, and just because of kind of the the style of a lot of larger churches in Texas, is a very I wouldn't say a tractional model in the sense of we're, you know, trying to be crazy to to draw people in, but just in the sense of our our primary hope was that people knew about us and they would come, yeah. and so then uh, we didn't. We, we I mean, Wedgewood has a great partnership with many organizations in the community and things like that, but it was it was still kind of that mentality of the intentionality. I think is what was mm-hmm. sometimes lacking in in the sense of empowering individual people within the church to go uh, reach their communities or reach their their workplaces or reach their schools. And so, again, I, I don't want to sound like it, there was none of that. Um, Wedgwood is a, is a very missions-oriented church, and we've always been good we, at sending people we, we out. Have,
2: we have. And, and what I would say is Wedgwood has been, the it's always been, it's the church's responsibility. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think after seeing the impact of Epic on us, it's our responsibility. It's my responsibility, mm-hmm. and yeah. I, and we shouldn't be a come and see church. We should be a go and tell church. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well,
0: and and I think too, it's it's challenged people in the sense of of understanding that look, there is there is a world out there that just doesn't care about us, and I, mm-hmm. I think. Um, the South is becoming more like the Northwest. You know, Texas. the The top two growing cities currently in the nation are Seattle one and Fort Worth two, um, and so Texas has a is a is a, has a huge growth of people coming in from out of state, uh, and so I think people are starting to see that the the amount of lostness, if you will, the cultural Christianity that used to dominate the South is really waning. And so what it's going to take is for us to continue to be salt and light is people people don't care about Sunday morning church. They don't think mm-hmm. about that. And so you drive through the streets of Wedgwood or southwest Fort Worth on a Sunday morning, and there's a whole lot of people staying home. We don't have yeah. traffic jams on Sunday mornings, um, just like you have here. Um, and so I think it is a, a mindset change that's going to need to occur and is occurring um, to... One of the things I think we're trying to do is to to decentralize our outreach, to understand that outreach doesn't need to just be a a VBS or a a sports camp or an egg hunt, um, but that it it needs to be the responsibility of our smaller groups, our missional communities, to figure out ways of how are they going to reach their neighbors and their community together. Um, and, And thinking more like a church planter. Because that, that's the, that is probably the biggest change that happens is in the life of a church, you have this progression in which you are, you're first on the ground, you maybe have your core team, and the, the need for evangelism and discipleship and growth is right in front of you. Um, because you realize that if you don't, there's not gonna be, you're not going to be able to sustain anything. So all of the effort, all of the focus, all of the attention in those early years as a church is on reaching the community
2: and, and learning the
0: community, learning about it, learning about uh, the, the challenges that the community has. What are people like in the community? What do they want to do? What are people? What do people do is the form aspect as far as their, what are their families like? What are their occupations like? What do they do for recreation? Just learning, you know, being a student of the culture. Um, and so in those early years, it's, it's easy to do that. It comes naturally. But then over time, if you have any kind of quote unquote success where you've grown and maybe you're in a building um, and you have a, a infrastructure and leadership and a budget and all these kinds of things, it's so easy for the the focus and the attention to become about that, yeah. making sure your bylaws are up to date and making sure that uh, the certain uh, sunny, you know, age graded ministry has this need and making, and then, you know, Keith and i joked about the building. It's just this constant, need to be worked on and adapted and so you have all of this stuff that you be, the focus becomes worrying about the keeping the machine running yeah. instead of instead of reaching the people and so i think where wedgwood is at is we like every church that was started we went through a season in which we were focused on growing and, and reaching the community and then we hit a certain stage where it became more about keeping everything operating efficiently and now it becomes about, okay, we have everything operating efficiently, but now we need to go back and become, again, students of the culture. What are people like? What are the needs in the community? And begin to really assess that more and not just take it for granted that just because we've been here 60 years, we know what it, what, what the answer is yeah. to reaching the community. Yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah that's well, so good. That's really good. I, I think... So I'll, I'll probably never forget. Uh, there was a, a group of college students from from Texas all over. They brought just a ton of college students, and I sat in in the debrief upstairs. And I will never forget as their kind of their last debrief, They're talking about the week and talking about the history of what church planting and missions in the Northwest has been. Churches from elsewhere come in. They help. They leave, right? And they're like, "We're going to help, help the church, help the church, help the church." And and he said, "Here's here's what you should be going back and praying to. Because right now, like, you know the, the stories of the church here. As you go back, one, you should tell that story. But two, you should be praying for the church. You are now responsible to pray for the church. To use, I mean, laying it on these college students." you're responsible as Christ. Brothers and sisters in Christ, pray for this church that one day they're going to be sending missionaries to you. Because you know what your college campuses are like. You know what you know and you're seeing that that story of the northwest of the church is dead, and dying and non-existent. You're seeing that with your own eyes. That's not true. I'm from Texas. i heard that in my own life, in my own ears. And seeing just the way that now northwest right going back to texas and influencing changing and just changing the way that the church at large is operating you know that sounds a lot like business language but it's really just about like this this living thing that is and the way that the lord is moving and changing it allowing the what can be seen as the small here in the West and affecting the large you mm-hmm. know church at
2: large. And you said see, right? Mm-hmm. Using your eyes and as Keith was talking about heads up hiking. Yeah. Right. And and I was reflecting on several things. One is, you know, obviously when you're hiking, you're walking, you're you're at a slower pace, yeah. right? And you're observing, you're taking it in. And if you think about that verse earlier about eyes on Jesus, right? So not only is heads up hiking, it's Heads up hiking, eyes on Jesus, but he's showing you all that's around. Yeah. You know, and and the thing that God's been telling me through this is, don't don't go back and get in your car. <laughs> hike, mm-hmm. right. right. And, and and that's I think that's part of the uh, uh, both an encouragement but also a caution is you know when you're here it's easy to get in your car and get away from this mm-hmm. right. right if you're in the community mm-hmm. and so just keep hiking. Right, mm-hmm. when I think too that's you know if,
0: if I can stand in front of any other pastors of established churches that are in outside of the Northwest and even those that are in you know churches here that are trying to partner I think the temptation especially in Southern Baptist life has been hey we're going to partner with you for three to five years yeah. and then then we're going to we're going to roll off and do something else somewhere else and I, I get that and I'm not I'm not Disparaging that in any way, but I, I do feel like we miss out on some bigger blessings by partnering with somebody longer term, um, and I. So, a lot of things really, really quick. I, I think there's there's the element of, of partnering with somebody in the long run, and I will say this: I think it for us, we really do view our relationship with Epic Life and with Impact Multiplied and Timothy Moore mm-hmm. up in the north end. Uh, as a true partnership in which Epic, yeah, numerically is Epic smaller. Okay, fine. But is, is the impact you're having in this equal to churches, 10 times your size? Absolutely. Um, and so I think there's, there's so much that Epic life has to teach Wedgwood Baptist that, that we're able to learn from and we're able to see that is so valuable. And so it, because to me, a partnership has got to be more than we're going to send you some money and send you some people. Yeah, Like, it's got to be a relationship in which we're learning from one another, encouraging one another, sharing information, challenging one another, building partnerships that are more than just a mission team, but saying, hey, how can we swap staff and how can we encourage each other there? But then I also think it, it, it helps our people. The long-term element of a partnership is that it, it keeps – it keeps you culturally aware. I, I remember that whenever Tina and I moved from Nashville to Seattle, it was really evident in those first couple of years that, man, we're here, we're in a new place and we have a different calling and we have a different purpose. And so we were super intentional. But once again, the familiarity with the context makes you become more relaxed over time. You know, and as you've been talking about the jadedness aspect I would also say that there is just a, a familiarity that you have to guard against in missions yeah. that you, because before you know it, I would tell mission teams all the time, I would take them on a tour, and we'd go downtown, and we would stand on Cary Park, and we'd look into the city, and they were like, it's a mid-July afternoon, we're like, yeah. this is the most awesome place in the world, and I would love to live here, blah, 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 and I would say, yeah, but you got to realize that on a Tuesday afternoon, you still got to go pick up your kids, and then go by Costco, and then run by the bank, and then go home and fix dinner, like... It's, there's just the normal life and and mission trip experiences aren't real life mm-hmm. uh, real life is just a, a Wednesday afternoon or a Tuesday morning or a Saturday afternoon when you still got to cut your grass you still got to run errands you still got to go to a birthday party like those things that we forget and because when we're on mission trip everything is intentional so all that to say like, I think the thing that somebody with Epic Life Church could struggle with is the same that somebody in Fort Worth could struggle with at Wedgwood is this familiarity with the context mm-hmm. that we just kind of get lulled into our natural routines. Mission trips help wake us up for a moment and bring all that back full circle. That's why I think these longer term partnerships have to continue to be in place because they're, they're designed to kind of jolt us a little bit. Um, I'll shut up. I'll just, I'll just say this. They're, A good friend of mine. Right after we moved, I told him, "I said, man, how do I, how do I not forget my experiences from Seattle? How do I, how do I live in Fort Worth, having been a, a, you know, literally grown up ministry wise in Seattle?" And he said, "Don't ever forget it." Like he said, "You need to, you need to live in Fort Worth, but stay in Seattle, Mm -hmm. in the sense of your mindset, the things that you've learned, how you've grown." And I'll be honest, that has been a bigger challenge in five years than I thought. And I think that's what I hope all of our people can do. And that's what I hope will come out of all of this, is yes. that each of our people can come up here and be shocked and be jolted and then go back home and then come back here again next year and come back here the year after that. Maybe we're sending teams you know, throughout the year. But right. I think that we need Seattle to rub off on us mm. in the same way we hope to rub off on this culture. Right. Um, as we increase your footprint, you know, as Steven was saying, um, we hope that you guys can, can the, the passion and the, the culture shock is good for us too, you know. Yeah, absolutely.
3: What, so kind of throughout, we've talked about things that you're going to walk away with and take back. Um, what is, what is uh, something that you just, I mean, like, like, a, like, the Lord just plants in the flag in your soul, right? Like, you know, you, you see in Scripture all the time, right? The Lord telling people, like, build the altar. Remember what I did here. Like, make it a point to remember. And so, like, what are some of those things, like, small, big, whatever, but that, like, this is what the Lord did in this week. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's your story. Maybe it's a story that someone else came up and told you, and, like, it just, I'm never going to forget this. Mm-hmm. Or I hope you, because obviously.
0: <laughs> right, right.
4: I would say it's watching some of our youth grow, just see their eyes be opened um, in the sense of being stretched and um, grabbing onto the waves, as I kind of talked about. Just some of the stories, hearing them excitedly come up and tell, like, hey, this happened, this happened. Like, I talked to this person about this and this. And, like, had they not come here, they probably would never have had the opportunity or they would have had their eyes down as they were hiking. You know, all those metaphors we've been using just, just seeing that spark as patrick said grow just in myself has challenged me that whenever like, you know i talked about the intentionality like i want to go back to this i live on a seminary and i kind of live in a little bubble you know how can i be intentional to the community outside of that bubble and you know mm-hmm. just seeing it in the youth and how they're growing has challenged myself also that i need to also be stretched i also need
1: no. Yeah, it's been so neat to see our students so like our students coming here and as far as getting out talking even to their own friends about just their own relationship with the Lord or anything like that is kind of been a struggle and seeing them like it's, I almost want to relate it to being outside the door. They see the door there but they don't really know how to enter into it and so the simplicity of opportunity has been so key and that's not just with the Epic laugh, it's also with impact multiply and of saying, okay, form, for example, um, just being able to, to be in the park and go, okay, they're looking around. We have students sitting around in a circle and they're like, okay, I'm looking around and I see the opportunity and they're asking the question. So how do we engage them? Yeah. And you're like, well, what did we just learn from that morning? Well, okay. How do you have a conversation with somebody? Two ways you can do that in a park area is either invite them, go and find one person, invite them to a task that you're doing, or invite yourself to a task that they're doing. And say, how do you have the conversation? When well, you talk about family or, you know, occupation or recreation. And then you could see in their minds just processing and then going, okay. And man, whenever they take advantage of that simple idea and the opportunity at hand, they walk through that door. Dude, I can't tell you how many times that students ran up to me in the middle of... I mean, I was in the middle of conversation, but they'd run up to me and they'd grab me and say, guess what happened? And you can see the joy you can see the excitement because they they took advantage of the opportunity. Yeah. And, uh, and they got outside of their own bubble. They got outside of their own comfort zone. And they were stretched. And in that stretching, found confidence yeah. in that. And that's been so great to see of just... Them taking that step, and um, I mean I, that's going to be a spark that I'm excited
2: to see what God does back in Fort because that's something that we have needed. Well, and and I've four children that have gone through the youth group, youth group, and and have heard them come back from mission trips or even prepare to go to mission trips, and sometimes there's this well, we have to do this or we had to do that, and. The last couple of days, I've heard the students go, "What do we get to do today?" Yeah. Or, "I've got to do this." And there's that difference in have and get, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's that excitement, and that's really been encouraging to see their, you know, they've just, they've, as Keith said, they they they've stepped across the line of fear and they've leaned mm-hmm. into the Lord, and, yeah. and it's mm-hmm. it's making a huge difference. Yeah.
3: It reminds me, just as you were sharing that, you know, Jesus sends out the 72, right? He sends them in pairs, and yeah. they come back, and they go, Lord, we saw people healed, and we saw yeah. this, and we <laughs> did. We you know, cast out demons, and we right. did. So like, I can imagine Jesus, I mean, 72 guys come up to him, right? Yeah. Just, go, hey, 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 I want yeah. to hear the story. Okay, now you tell me the story. Okay, now you tell me. But just that idea of, like, they got to experience firsthand, yeah. like, that power exactly. Of, Here's the spirit of God at work. And I think, too, like, we can brush that off and go, no, you're just being excited about, like, learning this new engagement tactic, technique, whatever. But in fact, to really understand and know that, no, the Lord is involved in that. Right. Like, unless, right, again, like, unless God is involved in the things that we're doing, like, long term, they have no real impact. They have no real value. They're going to crumble and fall. But to to walk with the Lord and to be involved and then to, to be able to do that work together actually reminds me of earlier how I mean, you were talking about the partnership that we have as churches. Yeah, yeah. This really should be a reflection of the partnership that we have with the Lord, right? Yes, yes. Like he is sending us out. Hey, go and do this work powered by my spirit, right? Yeah. And then come back and be excited and like, Lord, we got to do this. And I, I saw this happen and realizing that that was the spirit. God at work. And man uh, I, I hope that as as you guys return, as you go back into to Fort Worth and the surrounding area, that like that catches fire, you know. One of my favorite things is when like middle schoolers because I was in the room, right? Because Josh is saying, Hey, the goal is just get two people into service. <laughs> Boom, hand goes up. Is that two people per person? <laughs> and just like that uh, that audacity and the you know just that mindset of like the bigger thing right and obviously the lord cares for it he wants to do those small things as well but to to even have that mindset and the, that boldness, mindset, to the boldness of the spirit of like yeah. is that two for everybody let's go get it right it's yeah. kind of that middle school yeah. like we're just gonna go and do it right you know but i love it right. and just like what that does, and especially as many young kids are on this this trip, um, and the stories that they're having is they go share back in youth group, and back in main service, and in small group, and the stories start to get out. And My son went on this trip, and he's not the same. Yeah. Just what the Spirit of the Lord will do inside of not just Wedgwood with Baptists, but inside of Fort Worth, inside of, and as that spreads, right, uh, from Fort Worth to Texas, United States and the world.
2: So, Oh, that's that's awesome. Well and you know, we're, we're you know, the scriptures just didn't end at Revelation, right? <laughs> we're God's still moving and, and we're this is part of the story, right? You know, just as Stephen was sharing the story about meeting the demon-possessed guy here, you know, and and their kids and other adults and, mm-hmm. and I'm excited not excited about a demon possessed person, right. but I'm excited about just that story, that experience that they're gonna carry back to Fort Worth and start sharing and that story will challenge our people yeah. to go okay I didn't think those demon possessed people were still around right. no yeah. yes they are and it's real and the spiritual battle is real yeah. but what God's doing in the movement here is he mm-hmm. he's alive yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I think too
0: um, I think what this has reminded me is that in the south mm-hmm. with a lot of churches there is a level of comfort that you have, because the machine, for the most part, is running pretty smoothly. Now, you know, and we may be at 97 as opposed to 100 percent of our budget, or we may have, like everybody, we're struggling with post COVID attendance and things like that. But for the most part, you know, to know that, okay, the challenges that we have are not like what you'd find in the Northwest, where, you know, I remember those early days of church planting, getting a call from our the lady that was overseeing our finances, and anytime it was near the end of the month I'm like, man, I may not be getting paid, you know, because those those are your challenges that you're you're dealing with financially as a church, or you know, a, a key family leaves and it devastates you because of your size or whatever. There's just all kinds of challenges. But I I think what this has reminded me of is that it is so easy to just get lulled into a sense of security yeah. and and just kind of ease. And the Northwest, one of the things about planting, especially where Epic Life is, so close to an urban city, the center of the city, the challenges you have here culturally, um, you know, the, the, the challenges that you have economically, all those different types of things, it forces Keith, you, all of the Epic Life team and leadership to rely on the Lord. Mm-hmm. To, to to continually be saying, God, what do you want to do? Because it's, it's all challenging. Yeah. Like existing, that's what I think sometimes people in the, in the Southeast don't understand. Your mere existence is a challenge. Mm-hmm. The bottom line is, a church like Wedgwood, we could exist for years without any major thing happening. Uh, and I don't mean that in a bad way, but I'm saying... We have the cash reserves. We have a core group of people. Like, we're a big boat that can survive a lot of storms. In the Northwest, there's very few churches that can do that. And that, and I, I, I'm actually meaning this to be an encouragement. Um, your, your very existence is a continual reliance upon the Lord. And I think that is actually very, very good. It's hard, but it's very, very good for the soul in the long run. And I think what this has been reminding me is, is that as a church, Wedgwood, you know, we may feel like we're challenging ourselves if we're saying we're going to give 10% more to Lottie Moon offering or whatever. Not to say that that's not a challenge. Right, it's still a brain, it's right. Still but it's, it's, not, it's not the earth shaking. If God doesn't do it in a miraculous way, it won't happen. Mm-hmm. A lot of times in the South, we like to set goals that are safe. Mm -hmm. that are within striking distance. of, And and I think in the Northwest, you just don't have that luxury. Uh, Any goal you set has to be the Lord doing it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think for me, this is a reminder that we have to, as a leadership and as a church as a whole, begin to really stop and intentionally say, okay, God, what do you want to do with us? Mm -hmm. How do you want to move in us? How do you want to challenge and stretch us in ways that are well beyond what we're comfortable with? And and we don't tend to do that because again, we're focused on maintaining the 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 overall ministry of the church, which is good. People are coming to faith in Jesus, lives are being changed, there's good things yeah, happening. Yes. Right. But to say what what could be more? Yeah. And and I think for me personally, that's where, you know, you were asking, what are you guys individually? That's that's my answer is I think for me personally it's saying okay what does the next 5 years look like at Wedgewood how do we how do I need to be prayerfully saying God what do you want to do with yeah. us you know
2: mm-hmm. yeah it, and it also you know just taking and watching what's going on here and, and reflecting back at Wedgewood and, and and I'm kind of excited to watch you know, 2 years ago we had 15 people or whatever <laughs> go back to Wedgewood and share some some stories and the stories weren't near as great as they are. Well they were great stories, but they're not near the the magnitude of the stories this time. But now we got sixty some mouths going back that are in souls that are going to share mm-hmm. what's going on. And it's I'm just excited to see what's going to happen. But also have the prayer that when when our congregation hears it, when the body hears it, They hear the Lord speaking, and they don't just go. Those are just some excited teenagers. Yeah, for them, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, this is. Yeah,
1: I think that's what I've loved is like (laughs) I just see it just sparking in in like our students and our families catching the church planning mentality Uh, and just being intentional, being invitational, being challenging when you need to be challenging, but. But catching that and going, like, we pl- like so, for example, we planned, you know, to do all these different things out
2: here. I don't think we've stuck in the plane once. Yeah. And that's awesome. Except yeah.
1: up at 6.15, breakfast at 6.15. Yeah, since that. Since breakfast at 6.30. So, but, like, we've been able to see God move. And the stories that are coming back and that they're excited yeah. and they're passionate about, you can hear... <laughs> you just listen to a little bit of it, it's not anything they've done. Yeah, they just were used by God. Yeah, and so it's it's those God stories, yeah. and that's what I'm my yeah. biggest prayer and hope when we get back is that we don't just let this be a great high experience and we get back to normal life, right? Yeah. Like I think that's going to probably be one of our biggest yeah. challenges: is how do we still maintain and engage and have this mindset? And this passion in our heart and our eyes on God in the way of, okay, we're back and we got school, we're back and we have work, we're back and we have all these sports or or band and all these things. How do we keep that like with all doing those activities, but we still are going, Okay, I am driving by or I'm at school and I'm having I'm in between classes, having our eyes up instead of down. Yeah. That's gonna be the challenge that we're gonna face in back and back in forth, Worth, because are getting back into that normal life where it's not as in front of you as it is up here. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, the, the stories that we've been able to see what God's shown us here, um, I believe we're going to stay with our students and our families forever. And yeah. um, I just hope that it just constantly reminds them of what God is
2: doing in and around the area. Well, and, and, and I always like to talk in metaphors, and, you know, mm-hmm. I've gotten the ability to cook on the charcoal grill yeah. uh, this week. <laughs> I know there's wood and there's gas and stuff, and those are great. But I've gotten to re experience charcoal, right? And now I know I, I don't like charcoal, but, but, it, but it's a good lesson in the sense that, you know, Charles, who's been cooking with me, he puts the briquettes out and he douses that thing with lighter fluid and he lights that match. To me, that's what happens when the mission trip occurs, right? Yeah. It's like, you know, these kids are on fire, we're all on fire. <laughs> but what happens real quickly? And, and as I've been cooking on that, people have seen me. I'm sitting there like just blowing constantly on those coals yeah, to keep yeah. that thing going. And and that's where we have to lean into Jesus. Right. And to, to have that Holy Spirit blowing yeah. and pushing us to keep those embers burning, right? Mm-hmm. And keep our eyes on Him. Because if we don't, we'll just be that flash of... It yeah. is gone. Yeah. It's it gone. It's gone. And then it's good for nothing, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, Or do you sit there and continue and get that spirit, that breath on it and it converges mm-hmm. with it?
3: Yeah. yeah well, thank you guys so much just for, for your time i love the conversation I could sit here for hours and just continue to talk about the Lord and, and the things that you know in scripture and these truths that we see lived out um, if you guys just had quick word of encouragement uh, for not and actually not just for Epic Life because I hope to be able to pass this on to you guys and for your church but like just for the body what are those words of encouragement? I mean, obviously yes for epic life, but for
2: the body. Well, I would I'd like to start and just say that one. We're all a body of believers, we're yeah. brothers sisters in Christ. We're not epic life and Wedgewood. We're, we're brothers sisters in Christ, and we're all as part of that body. We all have different gifts, and what I would want to encourage believers is to reach out to other believers when you when you have a need, right? And and specifically to epic, when you guys have a need. Ask the Lord first, but also ask Wedgwood to say, "Can you guys do this for us?" and and see what God can do. Don't 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 let fear of no get in the way. Or
1: I know I've been just constantly encouraged by um, just the mindset and the passion and the heart and the intentionality of the people. And um, one thing that kind of along those same, same lines is just that collaboration idea. I feel like in our own church, and our own staff, and, and even as a body, that's been something that's been really big over this last six months, I would say. It's just kind of grown of how do we work better and more effectively as the body and using the gifts and talents and allowing the the ones who are gifted in that area to have reign and be able to run with what God's been given them. Um, and so, just being able to do that together and as part of like epic life, guys, I just want to say that you have been more of an encouragement to my heart and our students, and you've made an impact just by us seeing you live your life. And, and that's, a, and as Wedgwood, my hope is that it's the same thing on the opposite side. And I believe it has. And so, that constant encouraging of just endurance and that perseverance. You know, uh, through all the trials, James 1 comes to mind, because I feel like that's been my life verse for the last few years, from different trials that we face, that it counted all joy when you face trials of various kinds, knowing that the testing of your faith will produce steadfastness, and letting steadfastness have its full effect will make you perfect, complete, lacking in nothing. And that is that sanctification that God is working in every one of our lives. And so when you face those trials, (laughs) it's just constantly in your face. (laughs) Remain under the pressure and continue to push through and, and do what God is calling you to do. Remain connected with Him. Remain connected with others in the body of Christ and allow God to work in you and to make you stronger from that endurance and keeping your eyes on Him to make you more perfect, complete, lacking nothing. That's been, I feel like my life first, and I think that that's exactly what we want to be doing and, and partnering and collaborating together as a church. as churches.
2: I was just sitting there thinking, and the 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 the, the fruits and the rewards are not always obvious to us. And and as you guys are sitting here working on this hard soil, you know, just be encouraged that it's there is a reward and there is there are fruits. I was just gonna along the same lines. uh, I love the
4: way that it was put. Stepping over that line of fear, getting past that safety mindset, to keep doing that. Uh, both at Wedgwood and here, like uh, it's been mentioned, it's really easy to pull back and make safe goals. But let's keep let's be bold in our prayers. Let's be bold in our goals um, at both places. Let's continue to um, allow the Lord to do miraculous things. Um, and we can't do that if we're not setting those goals out far enough. That we're too scared, um, where we lack the faith, or where we're like, "Oh, this can't possibly be done." But let's let's step over that line of fear and, and fall into the Lord's.
0: Yeah. yeah, and I would just say Galatians 6 just continues to come to mind for just about any church planter, you know, to not, where Paul talks about not growing. Weary of doing good, you know, in due season you'll reap a harvest if you don't give up. Um, I think there's an element of weariness that can set in for any church planter, any minister, any believer. I mean, he's writing that just to Galatian believers. Yeah. Right. Uh, so just being a Christian depending upon the context, can be wearisome. Mm-hmm. And here, I think it can be, because there's... Uh, and it's, it's that whole death by a thousand cuts kind of element, that it's, it's rarely, I think, in church planting, or in general in ministry, or just in following Jesus as a, as a believer, rarely is it that one big blow that hits. It's just the, 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 the little paper cuts that add up over time that can wear you down and, and kind of demoralize you, so to speak. But as you guys were talking about earlier, that whenever you see it, if, you, if you're if you raising your own children, you barely notice the, mm-hmm. the changes in them. But if your grandma or grandpa coming to visit, you feel like the kids grew up overnight. I think that's how, and this is what we were talking about earlier, that's how we feel coming here. You know, we didn't get to come here last year because of COVID, so it's been two years, and, and seeing pilgrim go from an empty warehouse to, and a coffee truck to a coffee truck in a fully functional coffee house with yeah. lots of folks coming in and out, the impact that that's making, that's phenomenal. Yeah. Um, and I, I think it's just a reminder to not grow weary. Keep yeah. doing the same things that got you here. Yeah. You know, that reliance on the Lord, that trust in Him, that continual focus on prayer and asking God and waiting for Him to provide, Boy, that's hard. And I think that is the weariness. The weariness can come from both ways. It can come from the the tax, the external aspect, but it can also come from just the internal. Trusting is not easy. I mean, it's it's not easy to rely on the Lord. It's not easy to trust Him. And I know that sounds very unspiritual, but I think relying on the Lord to meet your needs on a monthly, daily, weekly basis, that's not easy. And but it just like working out isn't easy. If you want the body of a superhero (laughs) in one of these movies, you got to go spend time at the gym and you got to eat right. That's not easy, quote unquote. It takes discipline, it takes hard work. What you guys are doing here takes hard work, it's not going to be handed to you. But I think what the point of all of scripture is is that it's worth it. And so I would just say, what you're doing is worth it. You're doing the right thing. Um, You're running the right race. And so keep running. Don't get, don't grow weary in it. Thank you.
3: Yeah, Thank you guys so much. Seriously, just to to sit and and to share what the Lord has done in this week, but really kind of throughout our partnership and getting to see that uh, firsthand and and watching uh, a little bit of what you guys are doing and getting to go and, you know, little truck full of yesterday yesterday but just work and, and hear some of those stories and that impact uh it's just been fun i mean seriously, it's just fun it's been encouraging it's been lifting even my spirit is like looking at like even coming off of the high with like the grand opening of pilgrim and going okay so like what next but just continually being encouraged by uh, just the work that you guys are doing here in your presence and conversations like this where we get to actually you know i think Sometimes we forget to reflect, yeah. right, and just talk about the things that the Lord is, is doing. And so, important. thank you very much. Well, we love you guys. Yeah, Absolutely. being a Texan doesn't hurt. But yeah, we do love you. <laughs> I know. There's there's a lot of us here, so uh, thank you guys for for watching if this whole thing gets posted and, and for listening. And um, I hope that I really do hope to pass this on to to your your church as well, and just know that. This is something I, I believe that the Lord is building um, and has built and is continuing to grow. Um, just the partnership between Wedgwood and um, Epic Life and, and that bridge between Seattle and, and Fort Worth. And what a, a statistic that they're the two fastest growing cities, you know. And uh, just what God is doing to connect those and to keep those those tied, Correct. you know, even preparing the way by sending you, know, you and obviously others, but. You know, it's all on your show. <laughs> no, we uh, love love this church and love you guys. So still so thankful for uh, just your time here. Um, Thank you, man. Thank you. Thank you guys Thank you. for Thank living you. epic lives. Yes. <laughs>